You can cash this. $25,000? What could you possibly do that would be worth $25,000? That check is a grant from the Ridenour Foundation. I'm going all the way, all expenses paid to Tremaine University. Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a woman? No Man presents, live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children podcast. And here are your hosts, Dan, Jamie, and Al. Alright, I may be sick, but that doesn't stop me from heading over to the nudie bar. And I gotta say, guys, whenever I look around and I see these girls looking at me the way they are, I'm just like, that's right, want me. Dude, it's not you they want, it's your wallet. <laughs> what? And I'm, I'm Jake. <laughs> and I'm Dan, and I don't know about you guys, but I love the nudie bar. Ain't life grand? It is in here, baby. <laughs> That's right. We are doing a review for Married with Children, Season 7, Episode 11, 7 Hey. <laughs> Old College Try. Original air date, December 13th, 1992. Bud's big plans to move into his college dorm are destroyed when Alan Pegg managed to get their hands on his scholarship money and go on a shopping spree. Broken dormless, Bud is forced back into the Bundy household. Special guest stars, Leslie Ryan as Julie, Stan Chandler as Bank Nerd 1, Tim McCollin as Bank Nerd 2, Jennifer Pushick as Tony, Michael Mitz as Bank Teller, Richard Mayer as Old Man, Alex McLeod as Coed number 1, and Sabrine Jeanette as Coed number 2. It appears that Alex McLeod has somewhat of a career. She's the only person here with a picture. Let's see. Yeah, she has some something of a career. She was in a few TV shows, nothing. Uh, oh, and she was also in another Married with Children, No Pot to Peas in, <laughs> 1994. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so she'll be back. So old college try, uh, that's... That's from the phrase, give it the old college try, you know, like a wild and desperate attempt to make a play. Uh, that term was quickly applied to any effort with limited chances of success, uh, which makes sense on this episode. <laughs> right? I think that makes sense with their life. <laughs> <laughs> limited chance of success. Married with Children, weeknights on your summer vacation station. Then, Bud checks out the student body at his new college. That's low, son. Married with Children. It's too low, you'll be looking at kneecaps. Followed by Herman's Head. It all happens Sunday night on Fox. We know we haven't seen the Kyoto Bank in a, in a while, right? I mean, the last time we saw it was the 967 shoe in season four, right? Oh, wow, yeah. Going back. The famous Sam Kennison, Marcy dancing in the bank episode. You just don't see it too often. Right? She has no idea what she does to us. She's the hottest babe at this or any bank. 
three losers think that Marcy is like the hottest chick they've ever seen in the bank. Uh, they're like tellers, and they're all nerds, and here Marcy gets to be the hot chick. Oops, I seem to have a run in my stocking. <laughs> That's right, want me. Dream on, teller boys. She's like lifting her skirt to show him her pantyhose run and all that. <laughs> She's like totally into this. Like, do you get satisfaction when people think you're hot even though they are absolute zeros in your eyes and you would never <laughs> give them a chance? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think that it's in, uh, you know, especially like work situations like that, that happens a lot where, um, <laughs> you know, maybe uh, what is it? What's what's the saying? It's like seven on the streets, 10 in the office. Right. Like a, a chick like Marcy, she's hot at work because you're with guys all day and stuff. But as soon as you left that bank, she'd be just like another passerby. Yet Bud still hits on her as well, but then but then he makes fun of her, so it's in it, so it comes back in a weird way. If that's for me, baby, put a little gravy on it, and I'll take it home because it looks finger licking good. This is a bank, Bud, not a sex shop. That's obviously a a joke, you know, like uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yep. That was the commercial at the time. You know, I'll take it home because it's finger licking good. So that's a sort of a joke about her chicken legs, but not really. I mean, he still wants her. They are pretty skinny, though. Right. Right. I, when she did when she did that whole lifting her skirt thing, I was like, oh. Uh, <laughs> well, I know what else talking about. Skinny that. legs. <laughs> right. Right. That's very reminiscent of back in the days of you got to know when to fold them when Bud, you know, was hitting on Marcy. Like right. any time they flirt, I just keep thinking back to what they were trying to do on the show back then. And then Marcy, remember when we interviewed her and she was like, you know, once they have her, Bud and her with all these interactions, she's like, guys, it's time to get me a new husband. <laughs> right. I just love that story. Yeah. Uh, well, apparently Bud's into uh, chicks with beards, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he takes a jab pretty quickly. So, besides saving you the cost of renting Basic Instinct, <laughs> what can I do for you? Of course, that reference, the 1992 film Basic Instinct, you know, uh, starring Sharon Stone and Michael Douglas, the whole reference there is that you're sort of looking up Marcy's skirt, not exactly the same way. <laughs> As you did in, in that movie. Damn it, that was going to be my opening line. That's oh, what that it was. was. <laughs> oh, well. Well, I wish you did save us the cost, but now I have to go watch it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, that, you know, the crotch shot famous thing in there. So that's what that was. That's pretty funny. Well, other than saving you the cost of renting a... Uh... Lethal weapon. You can cash this. Not really a specific reference in the same way the other movie reference was, except he's trying to say that his penis is a lethal weapon, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> 
something to that extent, yes. Yeah, which I doubt. <laughs> right, highly doubt. $25,000? What could you possibly do that would be worth $25,000? <laughs> <laughs> that on your chin have some of the stronger boys been rubbing your face in the dirt again it's called a beard surely you've seen one before in the mirror it's weird that he says that because i i've i always call it a goatee i wouldn't definitely a goatee (laughs) right it's not a beard no it's like they let it grow in for like four days and then say okay let's start referencing that (laughs) Because there's, like, nothing there. Right. (laughs) It's like a five o'clock shadow of a goatee. There's nothing worse than somebody trying to grow a beard and they just can't. Mm. Like, it's just patchy. And it's like, why even try? Like, I I realize at a young age that, like, okay, I'm kind of balding a little bit. So I just shaved my whole head. Like, you, you have to accept certain things. People that try and pull off beards that can't grow beards... Just stop. <laughs> yeah. It's my white company trashy. just changed their policy. Um, it is, they now allow facial hair on men. They didn't used to. They were kind of like Disney in that respect. But um, they didn't allow facial hair. Or they didn't allow beards. They I think you could have a mustache. But <clears throat> they didn't allow beards. Well, they recently changed their policy to allow beards. But in it is actually written in the handbook. You cannot come to work with a patchy unfinished beard if you you plan to grow a beard you have to do it on your time off and i'm like you mean like a vacation time because who can grow a beard in like two days (laughs) like like a oh they're saying that you cannot come in during the growth period if you're gonna have a beard you have to always have it possible i don't know it's so weird and of course no one's gonna no one's gonna Enforce that, Enforce man. Enforce that, I'm sure, but it's just... That's I don't know, very... I, I would. I'd be like, hey. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Get out of here, Patchy McPatcherson. <laughs> <laughs> I always keep mine really short, though. And it's easy to maintain if you keep, you know, if you just keep it short. But, like, if you want to grow it out substantially, yeah, there's there's going to be some growing pains there. Well, I'm, I'm planning on growing my beard back. Because... Again? Yeah. Not like I had it before. I want to. I want to look more like uh, Jesus Christ. So I'm thinking of just doing that kind of thing. Like I want to look Christ-like when I walk around. Are you gonna start a cult? <laughs> well, now that I got this hair, everyone says, "Dude, you would look like Jesus if you grew a beard." So I'm gonna do that and toy with that idea. I I could totally see myself arriving at midsummer and Alex just walking up to me in a robe. Yes. <laughs> if you do that, then you should be Jesus for Halloween. Well, yes. that's what everybody said last year. And they, they go, are you going to be Jesus? I was like, yeah, I'm going to walk around, carry that big cross all over the place. That actually be a great question. <laughs> tell you what, if you started the cult, I would join it. Yeah? All right, I'll start the cult of no man. Only if it's a sex cult, though. <laughs> we could do a whole sex thing with it, sure. <laughs> Anyhow, it's uh, part of my new Ivy League image. And it's like Tremaine University is part of an Ivy League? Yeah, okay. I thought the same thing. I'm like, yeah, I've never heard of that one, but hey. (laughs) Sounds like you should be learning HVAC repair. 
<laughs> he goes, uh, surely you've seen a beard in a mirror. First you're hitting on Marcy, then you're doing an Al joke to her. You know? Right. Or is he saying that Jefferson is gay and she's a beard? Ooh. Ooh. I don't think so, but I just think that would be. <laughs> yeah, would that it'd be interesting. No, but yeah, Jefferson's the opposite of gay, I think. <laughs> well, then again, he did uh, talk about getting his not having his nails. <laughs> yeah, that was disturbing. Even if a guy gets a manicure, I don't think they they're supposed to be painting anything on your nail, right? <laughs> Generally speaking, no, unless you're in, uh, you know, pierce the veil or something. But yeah. Yeah, I think they just, like, cut your cuticles off and then sand to the edges, and that's about it. I don't know. Sand to the edges, exactly. Yeah, like, that's as far as I'd want it to be taken. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I thought maybe they do, like, a clear coat or something. Oh, I don't God. know. I don't. Maybe they do. I'd be like, don't cut the pinky one. I need that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, Slava. <laughs> yeah, right? Hey, did you guys ever see the post I used to post about um, Charlie from the Chocolate Factory's uh, grandpa? <laughs> yes. You remember? There was a, there's a scene from Willy Wonka, the original, where his grandfather's like holding him from, from behind and his, you can see his hands on Charlie's shoulders. And this grandfather has two Coke nails. <laughs> right? Oh. That's how he got out of bed so quickly. <laughs> yeah, I thought you couldn't get out of bed. Obviously, look at his nails. You're like, oh, <laughs> that makes sense now. <laughs> I get it. All right. Yeah, he has coke nails. That means the actor was a cokehead. And I remember when I posted that in like an '80s group or whatever, everybody was like yelling at me, and they're like, "You don't know what that is." Blah blah. And it's like, well, what other purpose? I don't know. Whatever. Right. 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 So. Maybe he's a butt scratcher. <laughs> <laughs> butt scratcher. So, uh, Bud has a check for $25,000. It's a grant. That check is a grant from the Ridenour Foundation. I'm going all the way, all expenses paid to Tremaine University. Al mentioned he had all A's, so I guess he got that. So, because you've been a good girl, I'll give you one final butt flex. <laughs> and you can cash that and uh, make it snappy. I've got checks to write. Well, I'm afraid it's not that easy. You see, there are certain channels we must go through. First, we must process the check. Then there's a waiting period. And Hey, baby. <laughs> Just got done with my hair appointment. Feel it, baby. Feel it. Yeah. Hey, bud. High five me, buddy. Oh, wait. Nails aren't dry yet. <laughs> Air high five. <laughs> he he went to high five bud he stopped and then he said well let's, let's do an air high five and it's like well you just did that when you stopped the first one i thought the same thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah because it, it looked the same as what you just did uh the second one though didn't have the disrespect that the first one had he's almost like all right i'll still give it to you but i'm still not gonna touch you <laughs> yeah the first one i technically left you hanging so let's do this again but i'm not doing anything different can I just say, too, that there is nothing, nothing, nothing worse in this world than awkward handshakes? <laughs> like, especially this day and age where people are going in for the pound and, you know, a lot of times it doesn't just stop there. 
There's like a there's like a slap and a quick pound, you know. That yeah. one just kind of like it, it, there's so many. It sounds like a Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like there's just so many. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, a a pound and a slap. Just a normal... A slap and a tickle? Exactly. (laughs) This sounds like a personal problem. (laughs) It's not a problem. (laughs) Oh, I have no problem with this. Oh, you got a little dirt on your chin. Look, babe, I don't have a lot of time. I've only got about 20 minutes till my massage, so should we uh, pop into the vault and do the deed on the deeds, if you will? (laughs) Now, I thought what Al and Steve did in the vault was risque. In that episode, If I Were a Rich Man. Oh, yeah, when they were in there uh, playing with the money and Al put it in his pockets. Yeah, like, that was, like, something you really shouldn't be doing. And (laughs) these guys... These guys are going to have sex in the vault. So with each other? Yeah. Mm. Well, Marcy and Jefferson. Oh, I thought you meant never mind. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't even want to know where this is going. <laughs> I don't want to know who you're thinking or anything. <laughs> then we get to our favorite one of Jefferson's favorite drops. This is Darcy. Before you perform geriatric love gymnastics, I'd like to talk to you about clearing my check. Mm, All this business talk is making me lose my edge, baby. It's cleared. Here's a checkbook. Here's a pen. That's still not a beard. Goodbye. All this business talk is making me lose my edge, baby. How awkward is it when he says baby? I swear it's so funny. It's creepy. He always does it. (laughs) I'll say this to the thing that um, was noticeable in that scene. uh, And it goes to the psychology, I guess, with the workplace. And it goes back to, you know, her nerdy coworkers. That guy was so interested when Jefferson showed up, too. So, like, I was trying to see, like, why would this guy, like, so he's even, like, more interested once Jefferson's there. He's in the background, and he swivels his chair around, and he's just, yeah. like, salivating over her still, you know? Wow. And, I, and not not that it's weird, but it's just like, well, what are they going for? Like, they, they're just happy to see her interact with anybody? Like, is that what it is? Or Maybe he's picturing them together. Right. It's like a real-life porno. Right. That's what... <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to just come out and say it, but you just did, so there we go. (laughs) Bud hits on this girl who's filling out, like, bank forms. Hey, baby. Want to go to lunch? Did someone rub your face in the dirt? (laughs) It's a beard. You like the way it goes with my, uh... Checkbook? Oh, sexy. Yeah, and I love you for your mind. Let's go. <laughs> That's amazing. Now, when um, Jefferson and Marcy go into the bank vault, really quickly and, and subtly, he pats this woman's rear 
who is standing at the counter near the entrance. Really? Yeah. I missed that. Now, was it like on purpose? Like, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Said, oh, okay. I didn't know if yeah. Ted McGinley was just enjoying his time on the show. Yeah, he was like, well, I could do whatever I want, even if you're <laughs> filming me. Right? <laughs> I'm in character. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in character, so it's all forgiven. <laughs> <laughs> so this old dude wants uh, to I, – I guess his wife's ashes are in the bank vault. Do you guys ever hear something like that? No. I've never known anybody to do that, no. Never. Like I know they have safety deposit boxes there and you can put items in there and you know um, some, that can be basically anything. But – uh, yeah, but never ashes though. Never ashes. I would assume that like stuff like ashes or like weapons wouldn't be permitted into a well, bank. They, they don't really have a. I mean, you can do whatever you want. They don't. Right. They don't go in there with you. No, but what I'm saying so. is, can you bring a gun into a bank without <laughs> raising any red flags? Mine's been in there for about six years. Oh, okay. So there you go. Yeah. A true testimonial. It's even loaded, so when I'm when I'm in there, I'm already halfway through the door. I got my gun loaded, and I can just rob that's the bank. Actually, that's actually brilliant. Thank you. Then again, the the guy at this bank, I don't think, would be putting up too much of a fight. The, uh, I don't even have to bring a gun. Yeah. Yeah, so Marcy's like, why don't you put it under a mattress like normal people? And it's like, Marcy, did you forget that Aunt Toonie's ashes are on your mantle? Right. Hot, hot off the grill. Uh, Come on. Uh, Alan Pegg, head into the bank. And they apparently have access to Bud's college fund because it was started off as a joke. I only put 25 or what did he put? 25 he had, cents. Well, no, it's up to 50. So he already had 30 cents in there. Mm-hmm. So it's now he put 20 in. So, not, so 30 cents in, in what is Bud, 20 years or whatever. So it was a joke account. So for some reason, Bud used that account to put that $25,000 in, which I guess makes sense. It is his college fund. Right. So Bud added his money to the same account that is the joke one of Al, and they both have access. <laughs> you know, Peg, I feel good. I do. Because I promised Bud I'd keep putting money into his college fund, and I'm keeping my word. I'd like to deposit this. <laughs> Are you depositing the entire quarter? Do I look Japanese? I want five cents back, please. And uh, give it to me in ones. I went to get change from a girl the other day, change for a five. And I was like, can you give me change for a five? And she's like, yeah. Did you want ones? Uh, what the hell else is there? <laughs> like nah throw some pennies some nickels in there maybe do you have any two dollar bills maybe a, yeah you got any <laughs> buffalo nickels in there <laughs> well when Al says do I look Japanese that's the Japanese are rich and buying up the USA joke those like we said a while ago those jokes were more popular in the 80s and they started to die down right around this time Right. like Al was probably one of the last people to ever like really do the whole Japanese buying up America, all their products, and um, complain about foreign cars kind of thing. Like Married with Children really is the time when that all just stopped being relevant mm-hmm. or funny or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think it was. 
uh, not relevant, but I think that it was kind of played out, and it you, you hear it a lot in in sitcoms and a lot of commentary on stuff like that. So I think it was borderline like, all right, <laughs> like we're borderline being racist here. <laughs> yeah, we're at the t- tail end of this, right? Exactly. Yeah, you know, nobody ever thought of it as racist. They were, It wasn't necessarily about the race of the Japanese. It was just another country. It, it, the segregation of country. Exactly. That's what I meant. Like, like different. Yeah, maybe not racism. Sorry. Yeah. All right. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm sure somebody will see it that way. <laughs> we might as well clarify. You see, it's allowance day and we are a family of five. <laughs> were we all not wondering if she's talking about seven or is she counting buck i was wondering the same thing first i immediately my immediate thought was oh she included buck and then i remembered <laughs> and then i remember oh shoot no they right? seven you know so i guess she's counting him i don't know why but you did not say him. shoot to yourself when that no <laughs> shoot she's counting seven shucks <laughs> oh, Dang nabbit. They don't even address him when he comes in. Now, I got to – well, we'll get to this later, but um, they even when he came in, his little entrance, uh, they still didn't even acknowledge him. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Bud did, but uh, Peggy and Al, they didn't even acknowledge their son, the kid. Not their son, but yeah. – Yeah, that kid, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll talk about his two appearances. You know, honey, I am so proud of you. We opened this account when Bud was a baby, and now 20 years later, with one deposit, you're doubling it. (laughs) It would have averaged 5% interest over 20 years. In reality, the period from 72 to 92 averaged over 10% due to inflation and stuff like that. Here's your receipt and your cash. Would you like a bank guard to escort us to the car? (laughs) Now we tip him and the valet guy, we walk out of here with three cents. (laughs) Hey, $25,000.50? Boy, that compound interest really mounts up. Wait a minute, Al. Don't you get it? The bank has made a mistake in our favor. Now, just look normal. All right. We have got to make a withdrawal right away before they find out about their mistake. Uh, Excuse me, please. Uh, We'd like to make a little withdrawal. I want to say the number. I want to say the number. Hush! We would like to withdraw $25,000.25. Yeah, and uh, get that 25 cents in pennies. Not everybody can change a nickel these days. <laughs> so they bought a bunch of perishables. Everyone's dressed nice. Bunch of nice items, too. Ain't life grand. <laughs> What if the bank finds out they made a mistake and they want all their money back? That's why we buy perishables. (laughs) They can get it back, all right. But do they really want it? (laughs) Yeah, who'd want Daddy's tuxedo back after it's been on his body? (laughs) Come and get it! What about our shiny new appliances? Mm. 
to make it so the bank can't take all those nice things back, Al scratches up the stereo, Peg runs a fork across like a toaster oven or something or a microwave, and Kelly wants to join in on the (laughs) minor damaging of items, and she smashes the screen of the television set. (laughs) I got, okay, I got several things to say about this, first of all. Do you think that Kelly making dumb kind of typical Kelly mistakes like that, like clearly like she's so dumb sometimes, but we've seen her so smart. Do you guys feel like it fits still with stuff like that? Or do you think it matters or or do you feel like she could just go back and forth now? Yeah, I think it fits. It does. Okay. I think so. I, I I think that occasionally it's nice for them to throw stuff like in there, so, like that in there, right. so we can remember who she, she is. Came from. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Her blonde roots. It's a nice contrast. You need that, and it's good that they give her character some depth. You don't want her to be one-dimensional. Right. I agree. Yeah. Right. So, so to give her those moments of fixing that handyman five thousand and all that stuff. And just having better decision making than some of the other family members, you kind of need that to round out her character. Right, right. Gotcha, for sure. Since you took away the greatest aspect of her character already from us, so you might as well. <laughs> I like the trifecta. I like the the dumb, the smart, and that as well. But um, I, so I got a question for you guys though. So if a bank messed up like that. What would you guys do? What like would you totally be like, excuse me, my account has twenty five thousand dollars or whatever, or would you just say, Hey, that's your bad, you're insured. Peace out. Because they probably make you pay it back. I I'm saying not in this instance where there really was money in it, but say for for argument's sake the bank made a mistake, what would you do with that money? Or would you take the money? I would take it out and then just hold on to it for like a year. <laughs> And see if they say anything. Yeah. (laughs) That's actually really smart. Right? And then if nobody says anything in a full year, I'd be like, all right, they have no idea they made this mistake. Well, what about you, Jamie? Well, I know me. And I could say, you know, I would take it. No, no, I wouldn't. I know me. I would go right up to him and I'd be like, hey, (laughs) this says my account has $25,000 in it. When I know it doesn't. (laughs) <laughs> because that's just that's who I am it would haunt me till the day I died if I took the money and I knew it wasn't mine I just can't it's just not in me I just can't Jamie, do it if when you I was in the take it if you did not take it I would haunt you for the rest of your life <laughs> <laughs> no. you would text her every day did you take it when I was in the fifth grade I found a dime in the parking lot of my elementary school and I took it to the school secretary oh wow and I turned it in because I was always told if you find money that you should turn it in. Hey, Dan, what's Lacey doing next week? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, somebody has to be honest on this thing. No. We need three dishonest people. <laughs> this is a Bundy podcast, man. Come on. We have to live this show. <laughs> um, oh, by the way, real quick, when Peg pushes that woman that was in front at the line when uh, when she realized, you know, and she wants to, you know, take the money out, she's in a lot of episodes. Really? 
Yeah, you notice her throughout like other older episodes and stuff. I have no idea who she is, but she's like she has like one of those non-speaking extra roles, you know. Mm-hmm. But she's recognizable. I just don't know who she is or anything. It really does make sense, though. We've talked about this before. How they use the same people, you know, like they use the same people as background actors, like for a lot of things, especially. I'm sure with a show like this, where there's a lot of flexibility, you know, mm. like, like I'll give you an example. I remember um, Jamie, your friend Lee there, he was off The Walking Dead at some point, not for any other reason, but he was one of Negan's boys. And, uh, you know, <laughs> spoiler, but a lot of Negan's boys die. So <laughs> that's what it called for. They needed fresh faces. So in something like that, where that kind of continuity would make sense, in something like this, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. You can use them in any context. And I'm sure it's a lot easier to getting actors like that. Like, you know, just go through your Rolodex, you know. Because they had Rolodex. The average viewer isn't even going to notice. Right. Right. We're just so above average. That's how we know these things. <laughs> right. Exactly. And our research team is, is like eagle eyes, man. You wouldn't believe it. Yep. yep. Exactly. We notice everything because like even the fact that Marcy has the honor of the closest close-up ever in this episode. I thought when she lit, oh yeah, and uh, we should definitely mention that $25,000 is $50,000 today, so imagine having $50,000 to do a, but uh, yeah, when Marcy uh, licked that stamp, I thought she was going to lick my my eyeball, they were so close up on her in that scene. Uh, <laughs> actually, I thought the the close up of, of that, that chick's ass was, was pretty straightforward as well. <laughs> <laughs> the, the one bud was looking at yeah, it because yeah. i was like wow i was like because i've known they they've probably done that before but this one was extremely noticeable and it just went right in and its intention was not like hey we're just gonna do a whole body shot so but no this went right in <laughs> well it's a good thing you said that it reminded me i should have said uh director jerry cohen and writer diane burrows they did go right in with the legs and everything and the sexual stuff this episode, so that was really cool. Um, Jerry Cohen's going a little more hardcore here. Um, and this episode also is random, but it has uh, one of Peg's few uh, outfit repeats. Uh, the fancy dress she wore in Married With Who, um, but in a dream sequence. Oh. Yep. So. so maybe she got inspired by that dream and then went and bought it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Back to when Kelly smashed that TV that, you know, Al's like, you know, ain't life grand. And Kelly, you know, is wondering what if the bank finds out that they made a mistake and they want the money back. That's very reminiscent of season two, episode 16, Master the Possibilities. When Buck got his own credit card, remember the credit card in mm -hmm. Buck's name? <laughs> yep. Yep. So, <laughs> yep. In that case, they didn't damage any of the goods, and maybe they learned their lesson from that time, and now they don't have to return anything. I don't think they learned too many lessons from themselves. <laughs> <laughs> like they're sitting there scratching up a mic, like you said, hold the money, like wait a year, something right. like that. Don't destroy – like, that's not how it works, first of all. Yeah, why Why wouldn't they take it? They'll, what do you think? They're going to let you keep it because there's a, a paint – a line of paint missing from this item? <laughs> right. That's $2,000. <laughs> and they're going to charge you more money for damaged property as well. <laughs> right. 
or, or they'll get you for something. But like to think that it goes the other way, like they're not going to want it because I took a fork across it. Like what? They're like, no, we're going to take it. Now you're going to pay extra. Exactly. You dope. You dope. So Al's face after Kelly does this is priceless. Yep. The way he looks, like he doesn't get mad. First, he's just bewildered, and then he's just looking, and it's just like this this look of, this is my life, and this is my daughter. <laughs> this is my life now. Now, we, uh, we we both laughed out loud at that moment, his face. That was, it was just one of those moments that's just perfect, oh, you know? Priceless perfection. Right, the setup, the everything, yeah. Yeah, his, you could not beat the look on his face at, at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> Buck scored three bitches with his cut. Now, I, I don't know how, you know, let's not get too realistic here. What do they hand him money? How did he hand it to these girl, these bitches? I mean, right. I, I I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand how that works. And did you guys get to read the sign on him? I couldn't see what it said. I, I couldn't see either, to be honest with you. I'm sure that was a big part of the joke. I was just hoping one of you guys, because I'm so sick, I'm just getting over the flu. So I was just hoping that one of you guys rewinded it and everything. But I saw well, it at the time, but I honestly cannot remember. Can't remember. Now, but... That's all right. So Seven unfortunately shows up as well. <laughs> <laughs> he drives in with like one of those kid cars that kids could really fit in and like drive. Um, he pulls up to Bud. Pow, pow, power wheels. Pow, pow, power makes them go. And he hands him the keys. Park it, boy. Come, my dear. Of course, another completely obnoxious line from that character. Right. Like, that's, it's not even funny. And he, he has lines like this all the time. Right. Of that same tone and the same aff- affect to it and all. Like, it's just, it's not, we don't like it. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, we we're don't telling like you, it. We don't <laughs> like it at all. I'll say this, though. I laughed after he came in and just one of those little things where he opened the door for the girl. He just reached over and opened her door and they right. just both hop out. Like, like, and you could tell that was obviously like written in there. So that was funny. But again, like this kid's just there, like literally like it, the line feels out of place or whatever. And then again, because this has happened before, uh, I think we're supposed to believe that this kid is going to have, <laughs> yeah, he takes yet another young girl upstairs to the bedroom. Like, what? Like, it's just so, like, huh? Like, no one thinks this is inappropriate to this day. Exactly. It's so weird. There's a third girl by now, right? That we did this with. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And they're just okay with it. They're just like, wear a condom. Right. And it's like, imagine being one of these girls today. And, like, you show your friends and family, yeah, I was on Married with Children. I was one right. of the, uh, uh, I was a girl that Seven brought up to his bedroom. Right. And it's like, oh, that's awkward. Like, how old were you? Oh, I was, like, five <laughs> or six. And, uh, 
Wow, really? Exactly. Exactly. It's so weird. It's so weird. It's not it's not just the fact that they're shoehorning him in. It's just like the implications for the one-off joke. And it's like, nah, like you have to earn that with these characters. You know, you have to give this kid a personality first and then go off it. You know, Bud's a loser. So when he gets chicks and, and there's a whole dynamic to the way he operates in life, you know, and it's fun to watch his story. Even if a lot of things contradict each other or whatever, that's fine. Like we can deal with that to have Hmm. no context with this kid other than, you know, (laughs) other than uh, Bobcat dropped him off one day. Like that, like it's just, it's, it's so much more than a waste. (laughs) And I'll I'll just get there. Sorry. I just, I, I, every time I see him, I'm just like, why? Right. And every word, like every one of those types of deliveries with like park it boy, like what is the implication of that line? Are you implying you're better than Bud? Are you implying that like you have some, yeah, like you have something going on. Oh, I got chicks and you're just a loser standing here. Like, so here, boy. Yeah. What about that is charming or funny or, you know, like, I don't understand what I'm supposed to like about it. Exactly. Nothing, I guess, right? Oh, <laughs> so, okay. I, I didn't like it at all. Yeah. I guess they just bank on the fact that the that when he does stuff like that, it makes him look precocious. But, you know, and, and you know, precocious kids are funny. Um, but, I mean, no, because this character is already not endeared. Right. You know, the audience at this point has already made it clear that they didn't want this character so making him obnoxious is not cute. It's just obnoxious. <laughs> right. You know what I just thought of, too? In a lot of ways, because you compared the uh, the extra family member to, is it the kid or Buck? And it's it's kind of the same way he's written is with Buck. Because he comes in, does, you know, with the car. And, and he does something cute kid-like or, you know, cute dog-like. And then they run off camera and everybody mm-hmm. laughs. And, and that's what it is. He's written like the dog. <laughs> wow. He's, I just the only people love the dog more. Yeah, we actually felt bad when he left the show. Exactly. Yeah. Isn't that crazy, though? Like, I think about it and it's just like, okay, here's the kid and, and make him do something funny or, or make buck you know grab something and then drop it because it's disgusting and have them run away or you know right. here's buck with the female dogs and they're running upstairs and it's like you know what i'm saying wow well yeah in this context they they basically they even have the same story beats they they in this episode he does exactly what the dog does right <laughs> he comes wow. home with random girl and goes upstairs the end <laughs> that they have the same story right wow yep Yep. What an amazing observation. Good catch. <laughs> Gee, bud, big news. Not as big as mine. Family, I'm moving out. I'm going to Tremaine University and I'm going to live on campus. I got a $25,000 grant. <laughs> and the look on their faces when they look at each other, it's like they're like, oh, Jesus Christ. And they like they both realized what they did. Yet, no. <laughs> Al <laughs> Al does not realize what he did and he thinks, Wow, can you believe that, Peg? Peg, this run of luck is unbelievable. <laughs> he 
got $25,000, too. What are the odds? Uh, no, no, Peg. Oh, my boy just got into a big-time college, and uh, time for him and his dad to have a little talk. Personally, though, I never wanted to talk to my dad. <laughs> well, I'm not really like a dad. More like a cool older friend. <laughs> you know, son, I know you're always proud of your old man. You bet, Dad. <laughs> like, what is there to be proud of with Al? It's so funny. Like, <laughs> it's as if Al doesn't know. Like, he knows he's a loser and could with the, sh- the shoes and everything, but he s- really doesn't. Right. You know, it's like a weird thing. He earns nothing. And you know by the whole football thing, he doesn't really think he's a loser. But but how... At one point, yeah. Yeah, it's a weird mix with Al. Like, he's delusional. Hey. But, but even to the point, we already know he is with sports, but even in life, he almost... Do you think that, that Bud was actually ever affected by his dad's, um, you know, football career. Because high school football does stay in high school, you know, that there are the trophies up and stuff like that. But do you actually think that ever came into play? Like, they've never once really dove into anything like that. And I think that was always, that would have been a cool kind of angle to explore, you know? Um, In terms of Bud in high school and, and, yeah, his dad's a loser, but, like, he was something in high school, right? They never explore the idea that Al's a hero in Bud's high school. Yeah, I, and Bud is the opposite of athletic. You could I, have had a whole episode about the coach like yes. coming at him and be like, look, your dad is yes. you know? Wow, what a missed opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. It was that line that, that made me think of it though. He was just like, Yeah, you're what did he say? He's like, It's tough being in my shadow. And it's 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 a joke, but when you really think about it, like if you, you know, the way people do idolize, you know, high school, college football players or whatever, then it's not a stretch to think of. And, and you could even go off that and like, well, you know, he's a hero. And then, you know, cut to him at the shoe store or cut to him, you know, even at the school being a loser still. Not, right. You know, you could you could play that whole angle. And yeah, I mean, maybe someday they will. But I think it's too late for that because now Bud's in college. <laughs> um, is is football a big a deal? Is it is in in uh... Illinois, and I, I know obviously like they have the Bears, but I mean, is like high school football a big deal? Because if this had taken place in like Texas or Georgia or right. any of the southern states where football is a religion, yeah, then um, or particularly in smaller towns, you know, uh, yep. like a varsity blue situation, then that definitely would have come up. Probably but growing lights. up in Chicago, I don't know that it even that anybody would even care. Right. right. I don't know. Right. I mean, like, maybe it wouldn't work. Um, but if it was, like, in Texas or something, for sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this, though. that I'll, I'm, like, not too far from Chicago. It's, like, a four- or five-hour drive. And, you know, just this area alone, I have noticed an emphasis on not necessarily just high school, but, like, college, because, like, I don't follow that stuff at all. So when you come to a place, like, you know, from, like, New England, where it's all about the pro sports, obviously, and, yeah, it's got some college followers, too, but then you come to a place that I have noticed an emphasis on, like, smaller teams that I had never heard of. Or they'll be like, hey, you want to go check out, you know, the minor league baseball team or whatever. So I don't know if it's just football in general, but... I would say that, like, if you don't have any professional teams to follow, 
and then going down the line, any college teams to follow, yeah, you would be into high school, anything, because people just love sports in general. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and, well, the one time they did really try to implement anything about the interaction of Al and his sports and the high school the kids are going to was, I think it was How Do You Spell Revenge when um, Heather McCoy, Tiffany Amber Thiessen, whose birthday just passed, wasn't Al the speaker at the podium that night during the dance and it was all about, he was talking about his high school, his football accolades. And if you recall, they wanted anybody else besides Al to speak that night. Remember all the names that were crossed out when it finally got to Al? And even the lady, when she introduced him, she goes, I wanted to bring a good guest or even someone semi-interesting, but instead, here's Al Bundy, you know? Right, so, right. So Al is not actually a legend or really respected or anything, even in Poke High. Mm-hmm. Right. He might have scored those four touchdowns in one game and all that, which, again... Uh, in real life, somebody just did the dude on the 49ers in the in that. All right. The last game, he just scored four touchdowns in one game. Um, <clears throat> two weeks ago now, I guess it'll be. It, he's not really seen as he thinks he's seen. Mm-hmm. Like, n- no one really does care mm-hmm. uh, about it. So I don't think it ever came into Bud's life in any way. Cause, and, and Marcy really said it best one time when I think Al said, High school football is the, is one of the most important things somebody could do in their life. And she goes, yeah, if they died after high school. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, exactly. Wendy Joe Sperber cares. What did you say? I said Wendy Joe Sperber cared. Exactly. Oh, God, don't remind Dan of that episode. <laughs> we want to keep him in a good mood. Yeah. God. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. Anyhow, son, now I'm proud of you. Well, you were never a great athlete in high school. God, it must have been cold there in my shadow. (laughs) But then I thought I'd give you more time for the chicks. And your personality killed that. (laughs) And you brought home report cards with all A's. I didn't say anything at the time, but then I was truly ashamed. (laughs) A boy getting all A's, you know. about that from the boys down at the barbershop. <laughs> but now, son, you're going to a big-time college, and you're going to get a chance to do something that I've only dreamed of. Make business contacts? Nah, who wants to hang out with a bunch of smart little acne sexually deprived A students with no breast from a football because they never touched either? <laughs> that was good. <laughs> oh, man. Al's funny. He is. Anyhow, the only reason I ever wanted to go to college was to experience one good panty raid. (laughs) And now you're going to do that for me, son. But son, heed your father's advice. Stay away from the big panties. (laughs) You'll see enough of those in the shower rod after you're married. (laughs) Go for the little ones, boy. Go for the little ones. Because you don't want a girl who wears big underpants. Because a girl who wears big underpants has big stuff under her pants. Thanks, Dad. If it weren't for you, I'd probably grab the first pair I saw. Probably would have been a big one. Guys these days like big butts and they cannot lie. 
<laughs> yeah, so they like that. So guys would rather some size, I think, but uh, I do know what Al means. Yes. <laughs> like like uh, like granny panties, though. Right, that too. Yeah, yeah I'm, I always picture, or every time he says that line, I picture um, road trip. Yeah, <laughs> did you kill a cheetah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he recently came out as gay. Okay. Who? Uh, DJ Falls? Yes. Well, folks, normally I'd ask where all this stuff came from, but since I'm moving out tonight, let's just leave that little secret between you and the sheriff's office. <laughs> I'm going to go pack. Well, honey, wash your face. You have some dirt on your chin. <laughs> it's a beard. Now, what do you guys feel about these types of jokes where... Everyone observes something the same way about a character. Uh, this show does that sometimes. They're going heavy on it here. Like I said, this goatee just started, and it becomes more noticeable in the next three, four, five episodes. Um, but how do you guys feel this running gag? It, it's fine if you have a running gag. I didn't find this one particularly funny because I'll be honest with you. Um, I, you know, going back to what you said earlier, I was more um, focused in. I'm like, that's not even a beard. Like, it's a goatee. Right. <laughs> you know, and I know, like, I, she doesn't, but it, she doesn't even mention, I don't think, the beard. But it just reminded me of that again. And I'm like, they call that a beard. <laughs> I'm like, I don't understand. So I was more caught up in that. Um, I get it that it's a running joke. I don't mind. But for me, this particular joke wasn't really that funny. It was just an observation kind of. Right, right, right. Never mind. I'll wash my chin. The important thing is I feel like a grown-up. I wrote a check for a full year's deposit on my dorm room, and I wrote a check for my tuition. I bought a new wardrobe and a few things from my dorm. And now I'm going to take my checkbook and go buy me a nice little car. Guys, this is the happiest day of my life. <laughs> We're all proud of you, son. I think we stole his money, Peg. <laughs> but now Alan Peg go to visit Bud in college, in his dorm. Now, we agreed we loved Bud too much to tell him what we did. His checks are bouncing all over town. And even if he didn't see himself on America's Most Wanted, Kelly did. <laughs> so it's only a matter of time before she realizes who he is and calls the feds in on him. Check <laughs> fraud is is a crime uh, right. that is punishable by jail turn jail time so once you reach a certain amount or you know write a certain number of them it basically it is considered fraud so right eventually he would get in trouble but they obviously wouldn't have to go to to America's most wanted <laughs> yeah he's he's not really a fugitive on the run here no right. i do love the fact though that they may when they talk about kelly they're like it's only a matter of time before she figures out that's before she recognizes him <laughs> like, <laughs> like she actually watched this episode and doesn't know that's her brother doesn't know it's him <laughs> yeah america's most wanted that was the whole john walsh show um uh, at the time of its cancellation, it was the actually the longest-running program in the network's history, 25 seasons. It was canceled on uh, June 2011. 
Now that's been surpassed, obviously, since uh, The Simpsons. Well, I, the the great thing about that show too, though, this is you know before social media, uh, you know, so this was an actual way for them to get help with cases, people calling in. And it was always so satisfying when at the end of the episode they said, because of your help, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we caught this guy. And, like, but, no, that's some real stuff, though. Like, I know that a show is a show, but that show actually helped. And if you think yeah. about it, it was before social media, so now it's kind of unnecessary. But, at the same, like, it, it's just, it's cool because, like, yeah, that, that they made a difference. And it's John Walsh. Like, he's just like, you know, he's like America's dad, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's the world's a different place. Like, a lot of things that you could only get on TV or radio, man, it's weird how strange and obsolete they feel. Right. I mean, it's not it's not obsolete. If you're into that kind of program, it's still worthwhile to watch America's Most Wanted. But, yeah, there are much easier ways to get things done now. And easier ways to go back and forth with people and help and things like that like you just mentioned the 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 media is constantly changing you know i mean radio is basically dead um you know i know um you know i used to go on a morning show back in the day and uh do some some reviews on the radio and stuff with my with my friends dan and stephanie and they actually just got fired they were one of the last ones to hold out really because all the other you know, DJs around them were getting getting canned a long time ago, but the media changed so much. iHeartRadio bought everything out, and now they're going to like basically on like it's robots. Like you don't have DJs anymore. It's all just the iHeartRadio, iHeartMedia stuff or whatever. It's changing so much, like so rapidly changing forms and stuff like that, that like nothing surprises me anymore. You know what I mean? It's just Mm -hmm. crazy how the media changes. And, you know, one minute that was like the only form of really communicating was America's most wanted, you know? And, Mm -hmm. and now it's like, like, do you really think that would ever make a difference? Somebody calling in like that, like chances are you're going to see it on, you know, social media, Facebook, whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. It all evolves, man. And that's become the new America's Most Wanted. Somebody saying, hey, you know, Amber Alert, you know, on Facebook and, and it gets around. So, yeah. And it's always it's more local now. and Right. They, see, and that's what I'm saying. It changed. They found a better way to hone in on the location as far as that's concerned. So it's constantly changing. Yeah. Yep, you can't get away with nothing no more. Nope. But I'm going to try. <laughs> just hold it for a year see if they say anything hold it for a year man i'm telling you well we just have to convince him to quit school and come home with us shouldn't be too hard the poor guy's probably homesick longing for his mommy and daddy who are you <laughs> it's us oh yeah i'm sorry i didn't call get used to it <laughs> come on in Um, it's funny as a kid I always thought it was more fancier but it's really there's nothing in that room that's so special well they were impressed right and it's like why it's just it's okay it's clean looking it's gray it's nice I guess but you, you know what I was thinking though I'll be honest with you I was like really proud of Bud the way he spent his money 
You know, oh, yeah. he yeah. literally he literally got himself into college and 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 did the right thing with that money. Uh, I think I guess though with a grant or if he thought he you know it was a grant. Well, well it was technically a grant, but um, isn't a grant though? You you have to spend that money on those things. Like, don't they check up on that kind of stuff? Like, isn't aren't they basically like? Oh, I wouldn't know. What do you think? I got all A's. Yeah, but I thought it was basically like, hey, we'll write the check for you just to make sure it's going to that as opposed to just giving somebody 25 G's. Because if you got it for a grant, then you would think that that money would be specifically for those things and that be out of his control. But anyways, I was just proud of Bud, though, (laughs) for a minute. And I was like, I know the rest of his family is going to drag him down again. But like I was really proud of him because it was was like a a real opportunity for him to get away and like, hey, I'm going to do something with my life. And yeah, that that wasn't a thing. <laughs> no. Oh, and I want to give a shout out to Russell Haddix. He was supposed to be on this episode with us. So. Yeah, due to the my flu and you know scheduling and all this other stuff, uh, just couldn't happen, bro. But we're gonna have you on. He wants to hop on. Uh, he gave me a couple options of what he'd like to. Yeah, Alex is sick in the nudie bar. We have to keep disinfecting the poles, and it's a mess. <laughs> I can't get these beautiful girls sick. <laughs> to get out of here. Yeah, we can't let you live like this. Uh, you better come home with us, where at least you'll have someone to talk to. Hi, fun. Hi, girls. I'm sorry. I'm not properly dressed. Just give me one sec. <laughs> Uh, Bud, are you going to introduce us to your little friends? Nope, don't think I am. (laughs) What can I do for you lovely ladies? We just wanted to tell you we'll be in the shower right next door. So no peeking now. (laughs) And uh, Al goes back into the... goes with them to take a shower. Your grandpa got lost. We'll see you later, you cute old man. <laughs> see that pig? They think I'm cute. Oh, yes. Honey, they must think you're that rapper, Ice Age. Yeah, well, it was a reference to Ice Cube. Peg says Ice Age because how old Al is. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, he, he's the guy from who gained all his recognition from NWA until they all split up. You know, it was Dre, Easy e him, and then he went solo. I thought it was just like a general reference to all the rappers with Ice. Just because Ice is a popular name. You know, like Ice Tea, Ice Cube, Vanilla Ice. Like, right. it's that a lot of people use it. So I just didn't, I didn't. Life in the track meet. Nah, dude, Ice Cube is great, though. His career has been so crazy, starting with NWA and all that. And then with his acting stuff with the Friday series, um, not the 13th. But, uh, yeah, like, and, and even to this day, like, Fist Fight is one of those just hilarious movies. Like, he's been killing it for years, nonstop. Right. Well, in uh, season eight and nine, Bud is such an NW, uh, Faustino is such a big NWA fan that you could see Ice Cube's poster in Bud's room. Oh, nice. And And Ice Cube mentioned it. He actually watches Married with Children. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he noticed his his poster in bud's room that's so cool 
Well, maybe it was just strictly a reference to Ice Cube then. Right? <laughs> maybe. Well, there, I know there's a picture of uh, – I, I, oh, man. I just saw it too on uh, Facebook where somebody posted a picture of Bud and Ice Cube together. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, because he finally got to meet because he was so taken that Bud had his – he's like, wow, hey, that dude from Married Children has my poster on his wall. So, yeah, there's – I just think he's so respected now, you know, doing film, you know, um, like all his roles are just classic now, like in the, in the 22 oh, jump street, Friday, Friday movies, man. It's one of my favorite series ever. It really is. You know, I mean, it's, you can tell he's a smart businessman though. Like he gets paid, but he also has creative control, you know, besides maybe like daddy daycare. <laughs> yeah. Supposedly, he never paid uh, uh, Chris Tucker for Friday Part 1. I remember they were asking him, why Why wouldn't you be in Friday 2? Right. And he's like, man, this dude didn't pay me for Friday 1. Right. And and that's why he never That's why he never did any of the other Fridays. I'll that say was a this, shame because I feel like yeah. Smokey not being in the sequels hurt them. Oh, so so I I honestly disagree. I think Mike Epps is one of the funniest person in those movies. He's so stupid, but at the same time now, you know, if you brought them both back, seeing them two interact would be so great in so many ways and you could play it so many different ways too. You know, Ice Cube as a straight man and and then those guys is like, you know, uh but it's just it there was a bunch of reasons, I think, and I heard the studio uh, is holding it up now because I heard that they kind of mended that relationship and, and stuff like that. But there was also a time where Mike Epps was talking a lot of crap about Chris Tucker, too. So I think that turned him off. But they all kind of got together, and I think they're on the same page. They're just waiting for somebody to fund it now. <laughs> but why do you have girls in your dorm room? Just part of my new lucky streak. See, all the guys' dorms were full. So they put me in the women's dorm. <laughs> Luckily, they knew I was mature enough to handle it. Excuse me one moment. That's low, son. Yeah, I'm sure all the fathers of the women that are in those dorms would be thrilled to hear that there's a guy in there, right? Yeah. <laughs> you have your daughter going to an all-women's dorm, and all of a sudden you hear, oh, well, they decided to let one guy in. Nothing could go wrong here. So, Bud drills a hole into the wall, into the women's showers. That's low, son. It's too low. You'll be looking at kneecaps. Move it up, boy. Move it up. <laughs> you you kind of knew that line was coming after he says, that's low, son. Like, you... You're just waiting because you know Al wouldn't really care. And then when he says that, it's like, oh, okay, good. Al, we are here to talk to Bud. I am talking to Bud. Come on, boy, make a hole for Daddy. <laughs> now, perhaps this, as well as every other task traditionally for the male, is up to me. What your father would say if his tongue wasn't stuck in that peephole. <laughs> Peg is perfectly okay. With Al glued to the wall, as long as he was, watching three 17 to 20-year-old girls showering, at how far, like five feet away from him, <laughs> at 46 years old. <laughs> right? Like, 
but Jamie, would you let Brian do that? <laughs> Not because of that it would Trust. be like a jealousy thing or whatever. Right. More because it's an invasion of their privacy. Yeah, they don't know he's looking. Not right. even legal. Um, <laughs> and it's it's you know it's kind of disgusting. So no, I wouldn't, and I don't think he would even do that. But if they knew about it, it wouldn't really be any different from going Being to a, stripper. a strip club, which I wouldn't mind. So, but they you know. don't know, right? Yeah, that's the part that bothers me is they don't, they're not aware it's happening, and that's not cool. Yeah. Well, at first, you know, remember he with the whole thing, he did that with Mila Jovovich, so that was a callback to that. But it turns out she she knew the whole time. Yeah, she says, "I don't mind if you peep." Right. <laughs> so it was okay in that instance, but in this one, I don't know. Yeah, not so much. is that we think college is too much pressure for you we believe that you belong in the army (laughs) they'll pay you and prepare you for a nice career driving tanks or shining shoes (laughs) father never went to college and look at him She dropped the soap. Pick it up, baby. That's not mine. Perhaps your father is a bad example of everything. Mom, Dad, it's been more of a thrill than you know. Now look, bud, if you should decide that you want to come home, or not necessarily want to, but have to, just remember that our door is always open. Peg and Al tell Bud, listen, if you ever want to come home, our door is always open to you. Very next scene, Bud's banging on the door because he is locked out. They changed the locks and they will not let him in that house because they know once he gets in there, he will kill them because he realizes they spent all his money. (laughs) Aren't you glad I made you change the locks? It was genius, Peg. By the way, when do I get my key? Open up! I want your hides! We got the TV on real loud in here and we can't hear you! Free pizza delivery? That's your son, you idiot. But Peg, what if you're wrong? Oh. <laughs> now that's reminiscent <laughs> that's reminiscent of an episode we just talked about season five episode five the dance show where peg's like hi honey i or- ordered you a pizza and he goes oh i'm not falling for that one and then and then he said i was at the window so long the neighborhood kids thought i was a jack-o'-lantern <laughs> uh, yep. so al al's used to falling for the fake uh pizza delivery gag and oddly enough <laughs> i had pizza delivered yesterday to my house i can't blame him like i feel like i'd fall for it too yeah it's pizza all right stand back i'm coming in turns out bud uses seven he's finally they finally found a use for him on this show bud puts a helmet on him and he rams his head like a battering ram into the front door to knock it down Mm -hmm. 
Thanks, pal. No problem. But next time, can we start with the helmet on? <laughs> <laughs> so Bud was doing it unprotected in the beginning. Do you think that was more satisfying because we hate him? Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, okay, that line killed. Killed. I I laughed so hard. I was like, wow. It was, you know, it's it's everything that I've I've wanted from this kid since day one. That line was hilarious. <laughs> it was perfect. Like, can't take anything away from him. You've served your purpose. You you come in for one liners like the dog and you just murdered it. I hate the kid. I still do, but I, I think that line was perfect. Ah. Oh, it was. All the implications were dead on. Yep. Hey, bud. What's shaking? Come here. I think we need to chat. Uh, we're busy over here now, but it's your mother and I's quality time. Come here now. <laughs> Funny thing happened to me today. I was in my dorm room studying when a bunch of babes came in and invited me to my first college pajama party. But not just any pajama party. A bottoms-only pajama party. <laughs> Save your pathetic high five. Because just as I was about to see some Midwestern corn-fed boobies, I was dragged away by the campus police. It seems that every single check I wrote to the college bounced. Do you have anything to tell me? Yeah. Where's your mother's idea? <laughs> It was your father. Your mother. Your father. Your mother's. It was your sister's. It was the girls. So, you see, bud, there's no reason why we can't be friends. Oh, come on, bud. We didn't mean to do anything wrong. We just thought we were stealing from a bank. Yeah, it was just one of those madcap goofs that don't hurt nobody. Except you. Yeah. They had no intention of ruining his life, but really doesn't argue this like you would think he'd be just fly off the handle be irrational and says no not you know and be like no you didn't you knew you didn't care blah blah because that's the kind of people you are blah blah no he was just like huh well i'm still gonna go to tremaine university i'll just live at home and work off my twenty five thousand dollar debt the good news is after working for 40 or 50 years Everything iron will be mine. Just like your father. You're a real male bunny now, son. Aw, oh, come on, bud. At least you're getting an education. You won't be stuck in some low-paying waitress job like your sister. Kelly walks in in her waitress uniform and a wad of cash in her hand. 200 300 Ugh, one. Ugh. I'm sure glad I didn't waste my time in high school learning the three arfs. You know, something, something, and arithmetic. Now, this is one of those instances where I mentioned, remember how somebody said, are they going to reference uh, Kelly again working there? Are we going to see her working in other episodes? And I said, I didn't really recall that, but I do know that she walked in with that outfit on. Yep, yep. Yeah, so this is one of those instances. I'm glad, and it... It does. It did make me have like a quick flashback, thinking of Kelly's boss and the mouse that's in the deep fryer and all that nice stuff. Mm -hmm. So that was a fun little uh, 
moment. Well, I guess education works for some people. For instance, this guy came into the diner who just graduated from your college looking for a job as a busboy. They said no. We already had one from Harvard. <laughs> and uh, so that joke she was making, jokes about how uh, some non-college jobs are, earn a really good living compared to college jobs and the crushing college debt that people are paying for their education for so many years after they finish school, uh, like a Harvard-educated busboy, you know, what she was saying. Gee, honey, I'm really proud of you. You're not getting any. Well, you need somebody to help you count it. That's true. You'll need to open a bank account, and I'll help you write checks. Really? Yeah. Now, the first thing you need to know is you need two names on the account of people that can write checks, in case you forget your name. <laughs> yeah. I don't want the same thing to happen to me that happened to Bud. <laughs> And she's like, yeah, I don't want what happened to me. Bud happened to me. Meanwhile, she's essentially making it happen by giving Peg access. Right. 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 <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, so dumb. So Al's going <laughs> to make up for all this. And he takes Bud on a father and son panty raid. <laughs> Big underpants. <laughs> and tosses them and they hug end of episode so it did have a nice um feeling to it because it's interesting like when i i kind of forgot this episode i guess i don't go back to it much mm-hmm. and um i was just disgusted by alan Pegg when i read the description that they just spent all his college money Right. On on nonsensical stuff and and now he can't now he has to live with them and stuff. And they just seem like the most evil people in the world. And once I saw how the episode played out, I was like, Oh, alright, well I guess, you know, they did think that the bank bank made a mistake. And then seeing how it all played out and then seeing this ending with Al and him having a little moment and then they hug and they bonded and everything. Right. I did I will say I walked away from this feeling pretty good. Yeah. For sure. For a twisted, dysfunctional family. They, they've they done a lot worse. Let's put it that way. <laughs> they've done a lot worse to each other. And, you know, at the end of the day, it plays into that reoccurring thing where one family member, you know, gets ahead and then the other ones just drag them right back down. And that's what it is, you know. And I think that I've come to accept that. So as soon as Bud, you know, they they set everything up, you knew exactly where this was going to go. So for them not to go like 100 percent ruthless in on Bud, you know, I mean, they could have done a lot worse. And, yeah, they're selfish and greedy and all these other things. But that's just the Bundy way, you know. So, yeah, I didn't think it was that bad in, in relation to other things that they've done to each other. Yep. All right, guys, how many times are we ramming Seven's head into the Bundy front door without a helmet before we put a helmet on him for this episode out of five, Jamie? 27. Oh, wait, oh. Oh, there's a limit. Okay. Um, that has nothing to do with the episode. It's just a dream. Um, yeah. Actually, really, I really, really, really enjoyed this episode. I did. Mm-hmm. So... I'm going to say I'll ram his head four and a half times. Nice. nice. How exactly <laughs> do you ram it half a time, though? Well, like, you you 
go like you're you go in like you're going for it, and just before you hit the wall, you pull it back, and then you just throw them again. So you still <laughs> get some satisfaction out of it. No, you just put the helmet on them and go 100. percent You know. So oh yeah, that will yeah that makes it a half, right? It, it softens the blow, so that that's half. Okay. <laughs> As much as I would like to do that extra half, I would I would give it a solid four, four out of five. You know, I, I, it's one of those episodes that kind of creeps up on you, but at the end, it's like, okay, overall, there's some great jokes in it. Um, the fact that they didn't completely fumble the ball, so to speak, uh, with the kid, with that last joke, I mean, you know, it's a joke, but I mean, you know... For people like us who are keeping track of these things, to have a victory like that, you know, it's small triumph to some, but to others, like myself, it was huge. I was <laughs> like, yes, I was like, they did it. Like, I was like cheering for the writers. I was like, they really did it with this kid. That was great. And like I said, I like the little door thing that the kid did as well. For the Like, I just find little things like that are funny. But um, yeah, overall, I thought Kelly was great. I, I, I think that they really did... Um, they incorporated Marcy and, and Jefferson and kind of, uh, it felt organic in this sense. And they weren't in the episode a lot, but it definitely, they actually like had a role, you know, they're like, Hmm. Oh, it has to do with money. Let's put Marcy in the bank. And they created this whole thing around it. And, and like you said, we haven't been to the bank in a while. So that was cool to see. So yeah, I really enjoyed this episode. Uh, four to five. Nice. Nice. Yeah, uh, I will be ramming Seven's head without a helmet four times out of five before I put the helmet on. <laughs> and twenty more. <laughs> yeah, then I'll do twenty more. I, I thought it was really good. It was surprisingly good, actually. Uh, it was one of those episodes where you walk away thinking it's a filler episode, yet it's it's weird. It's like a progression and a non-progression. Um, it explains why he's living home, but who really expected him to live anywhere else anyway? Um, yeah. But you know, it it did address his changing of his life. You know, uh, going to college and all that kind of cool stuff. It was nice to see him in the dorm. Nice to see him get a glimpse of what life could be if he had any semblance of a normal family. Yep. Um, yep. I liked the Marcy and Jefferson stuff in the vault. That was pretty hot, what they're going to do there. Then, you know, the whole bank thing was pretty funny. Alan Pegg in the bank was funny. Mm-hmm. Everything they did with every character was interesting. Then we got to, uh, oh, them spending all the money. You know, it's like, it's fun because they're doing that, but then your stomach is turning because you know what they're really doing to Bud. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, God, man. It, right. It's killer. Um, I love that we got to see Kelly in her waitress outfit, because I love that episode. I love how Bud took it at the end, and I I think it was a real kind of nice moment between him and Bud having their own father and son panty raid. You know, he really did make it up to Bud. Al actually cared. Mm -hmm. Because most times he really doesn't. So it's nice to get another little glimpse of those things that we love. Yep. So, yeah, four to five, four to five, and four and a half out of five. Uh, tune in next week as we review, oh boy, this will be weird, Christmas. Al does his yearly pre-Christmas inspection of the family and can find they've done nothing wrong, which means he has to buy them presents. 
but he has to take a job as a department store Santa to pay for the gifts. 